fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who agree with Jared Goff's plumbing choices. Chris and the Riz. Hey, Idaho Lions fans, welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast, episode 405. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. This episode, Detroit Lions NFL Draft Countdown. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and co-host, the man known as Loquacious D, Jeff the Riz Risden. How you doing, brother? Here's my chance. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. 70% off right now. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's get into it. Yeah. 70% on a whole bunch of stuff. It's cool. <laughs> we'll talk about that later, though. Uh, <laughs> um, Wes, I'll get you in a second. Uh, in today's show, ton of content on the way, not just today, but this week. We're going we're gonna to give you a rundown of that here real quick. Um, we're going to talk about Lions options along the way in the draft. We've got some spots, some stuff to talk about. There's all kinds of things going on out there. Also, who can you trust with, trust with draft news? Smoke, snake oil versus reliable stuff. We'll get into that a little bit. We'll talk about that a little bit. And from there, we'll uh, give you a little bit of a lesson in Lions leadership. We're going to talk about the difference experience makes and uh, what's going on there. Something we were able to peg from the very, very beginning. And uh, we brought the rest of the media along with us to there. We're going to give you some draft pick odds. Talk about that and a whole lot more. We've got an amazing show lined up. You ready to go, Loquacious D? All right. That's it. Loquacious is such an ostentatious word. <laughs> well, when your D is loquacious, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> All right. Riz is back. Sorry about that for the muting, folks. You guys, we're, we got you. Um, we're here. Oh, Micro Mike's in there just in time. Micro Mike. I want to talk about him really quick. We are joining him tomorrow, Thursday at 6.30 p.m. We've got a whole hour Chris, Micro Mike, talking the draft, going deep, as deep as, you know, they say you go. Uh, 6.30 tomorrow night, Eastern Time. Join us over at Micro Mike's channel. It's going to be awesome. We have a lot of fun, a lot of good stuff. So, Mike, can't wait. Good to see you here. Uh, Tune in for that. He's going to be here next Tuesday. Wait, wait, Tuesday? You guys don't do shows on Tuesday? Yes, we do. This week, we're going to do a big show on Tuesday. We've got Micro Mike. We've got Colin. Riz is going to be popping in, and we're going to do a seven-round lo- seven Lions mock, and uh, we'll yes. do a little sim action, the whole thing. we got a lot going on. Definitely check this out. This is kind of, you know, last week, we did our show with uh, the the mock draft, and we went kind of the whole first round. All the teams are thinking on where they're at, why they'd pick, all that kind of thing. This, we're going to concentrate solely on the Lions and let the let the machine break down the rest of the picks, and we're going to go deep on those picks that the Lions are interested in. I'm really excited to do that. Kind of two different ways to look at the draft. It's it's always fun when the the picks that are around you are made for you instead of you deciding and sort of cherry picking what might happen. Um, that that that's the way to do it. I love doing like where you alternate picks, uh, like what Mel and Todd did on ESPN this week. I think that's a fantastic way to go. Eric Schlitt and I used to do that at Lions Wire, and uh, it works very well. And actually, Jared Mueller and I at Browns Wire are doing that this weekend, where we're going through and I do the odds, he does the evens, and uh, it, it 
it, it throws things for a loop because people will do things that you don't expect, especially if you don't like groom one another for what's going to happen. It's uh, it's always fun that way. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's a it's a good time. There's there's so many ways to do it, and um, there's we, we try to do. I mean, normally we just do the one mock draft, but this one we you know such a demand. We wanted to make sure we got some some other stuff out there for you guys. So we got it. We got you covered. We got you. And it's shorter than it used to be because the Lions don't have a seventh round pick anymore. Thank you, Trinity Benson. <laughs> yeah. Well, no more Jamar Jefferson picks this year. So, uh, and then, so, okay. We've got Tuesday with Mike. Hallelujah. No more running backs. <laughs> we got Thursday with micro Mike, my bad. Sorry. We've got next Tuesday. We're doing the seven round picks. That's the draft. Thursday, Friday, the draft. We're doing all three, all three first three rounds of the draft. We'll be doing those live on our show on Thursday and Friday. We'll have drinking for dollars with Chris like we always do towards the end of that. That's always a good time, a little popular thing. And then we've got some positional breakdown videos that are busting their way out between the the, the show on Thursday with Micro Mike and uh, the show on Tuesday with the draft. Uh, the first one's going to be Edge. We're going to be talking about Hutch, Walker, and Tibbs. We got safety coming out. We've been saving these for just before the draft. We got Brisker, Hill, and Scene. And a wide receiver, we got more Tolbert and Robinson. Good, good breakdowns on these guys. And um, we will have all the info you need. You will be overloaded with info ahead of the draft and just as confused as the Cleveland Browns front office. I'll say Houston Texans. (laughs) Either way, Texans are the, uh, believe it or not, the Texans are the one pick that I am more confident in than any other pick in this draft. Like for mocking. Interesting. I don't have a very good idea of who's going number one. I have a really good idea who's going third. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember when um, the last time Lions had the the, uh, senior bowl and we knew it was a CUDA at the senior bowl? Yeah. And here we We are. Here we are. Number two, uh, one pick higher when you would think certainty in the cone of uncertainty was be much, much smaller, you know, and really it it all depends on Jacksonville, right? I mean, yeah, (laughs) back in back in 2017, not just me, but everybody who covered the Lions knew they were taking Jared Davis before the Senior Bowl. Like it, it was, yeah. they didn't hide it. Like that—that's who we're taking. That was uh, a very different way of doing things. I actually wrote about that last year when I wrote up uh, the ten biggest failures of Bob Quinn, and that was that was near the top. Was that they were so god awful obvious in what they were going to do, and they made up their decision so early that they didn't really consider any other options, and, and, and that always frustrated that, me. And beyond that, what really really irritated me is. They were so like leaky and like predetermined in those picks. Then you go to trade. It was camp. really easy to know. Even even in their first draft, I, I went into that and, I, and, uh, and uh, Big Drew and Jim, um, who are no longer um, doing this, <laughs> can back this up. We went to the draft party that year uh, in downtown Grand Rapids, and I told them before the show, I'm like, it's either going to be um, the the center that the Colts took. Or Taylor Decker. Like, I know it's an offensive lineman. I know it's going to be one of these two. I just don't know exactly which one. And, like, for a, a, a regime in its first year that you know you have that kind of, like, ability to, to know exactly what they're going to do was that. To see to say that they got it. You could have seen that, that was a bad sign back the, than they did because they were leaky as hell out of the out of the front office. We knew exactly what was going on. And then you show up at training camp and they got security. I mean, 
to the point where they were almost goose-stepping around Allen Park, yelling at people, if you pick up your phone to tweet, quit taking video, no pictures, we're going to kick you. I mean, it was, you know, I had that thing with the security guard, me and him almost came to it, right? I mean, it was it was not a good situation <laughs> yeah oh god yeah it was it was not okay and uh it they was so stupid. Us in the media tower yeah. like they're like you, you can't be you can't be filming this like put your phone down like they, they they told that to me and uh and chris burke at one time like because we were we were not even filming we were watching something on the same screen and uh they got all uppity about that i'm like god just Come, come the hell down, man. Yeah, yeah. It, it was crazy. So it's like, like anybody's going to be stealing strategy from you. All the all the real intel was out, right? All the real intel yeah. was out. Yet training camp was some super secret, like like, and and everybody's there. It was redonkulous. It was absolutely redonkulous. So there you go. That was that was failures of the former stuff. But we we've got it. We're in a good shape We're now. Gone with them, they're gone. Yeah, they're gone, demons. Yeah, your fandom should be restored. <laughs> you, they have the touching's gone. But um, so we got a lot of stuff coming up between now and the draft, and then the draft shows it all. We're really, really excited. It's going to be a busy, busy week. And, of course, regular day jobs piling on at the same time. So there we go. Really quick, um, clear up the garbage Joe Marino said today where he said the Lions would pick Tibbs over Hutch at two. I'm going to say, Riz, that, that, that they're going to go Hutch if Hutch is available over Tibbs. I don't think that Hutch is going to be available. We'll, but we'll talk. I think we we can go into it if you want. I, I also think that dynamic has changed. Um, and I, that, that changed, that has changed for me from last night. Mm. So there you go. If you watch the podcast that I did yesterday, my information has changed today. So you're not going to get redundant. <laughs> the bullshit. <laughs> you got to wait till the day before the draft before you know anything. There you go. All right. I don't know crap this year. I like it. I like not knowing. It's exciting. <laughs> it's fun. It's, it, I did my, what, what, what I would do mock draft today. And I'm like, you know, this could be as accurate as my final mock. Who knows? Like, appropriately, probably not because appropriately on four twenty, we did what we see what Riz would do. <laughs> Insert what is that? The Homer Simpson gif with the red eyes driving. <laughs> All right, no, I don't mean to. I don't mean to bust your chops, Riz. Um, oh, we got another one here. This is a good one. This is probably something we should call uh, cover. Uh, technical Jeff, how long till Riz announces Debo is a lion? Debo Samuel is is he's not going like he's, anywhere. He's it's talking about he's available. Now, this is a complete contract ploy by him. There's, it's nothing. He's not going anywhere. What do you mean? There's, he's there's just not. He, why would he? Why would he push so hard for that kind of contract stuff right now? Well, look at what Amari Cooper got. Look at what Christian. Look at what Christian Kirk got. Is he better than Christian Kirk? Hell yeah, he is. Is he getting paid that? Hell no, he's not. That's what he's trying to do. He Debo is smart enough to know that other teams aren't going to use him the same way. And by the way, we already have Debo in Detroit. His name is Amon Ross St. Brown, the sun god. They use him in the exact role that Debo would play. Uh, you need a different kind of receiver. You need a different kind of weapon. You don't need two of the same. So uh, even if even if he is out there, he's not going to Detroit. And they're, they're certainly not paying $20 million for a receiver who's not, like, unique. Like the, the, they're going to save that up and pay Amon Ra that when he gets to that point. I but have Debo is not going anywhere. He will be in San Francisco. This is a contractual ploy and absolutely nothing more than that. I have some, I'm going to couch this with some financial advice. This is a guy taking advantage of the market when it's, high. yes, when you buy a stock, that's what it was worth. When you sell a stock, that's what it's worth. Nothing. None of the numbers in between mean anything. 
right? The only value it has is when you bought it and when you sold it. All the other stuff is is meaningless. It's and that's the market's high right now. He wants to cash in while the market's high. He can't be certain that next year it will be as high, even though you know the the um, the cap's going up a lot in the next couple of years. Yeah, so those NFTs available. before people realize that they're bullshit. Yeah, yeah, but I mean the the market changes, the the league changes, things change. He wants he wants that money now. That's where he's at now. I'll tell you, a lot of people talking about where their their houses are. Right. The difference in the, in thinking about, well, I'm going to sell my house high because it's high right now is the whole market is high. You still got to buy a house. <laughs> so relative, your house is as expensive as it, or as valued as it was before. It's just inflation in the whole market. Could it all go down? Sure. If you have a way to pull some arbitrage, I've kind of talked about this. What if you sell your house now high, go move overseas, live there for a couple of years till the market comes back to reality, take your, your gains and come back and buy a house at, at, at a lower point. Great move. Can you, that's the only way to arbitrage this market right now. You're not going to be doing what Debo's trying to do with his contract. Wide receivers are super high right now. It's not the whole league that's super high right now. And that's what he's trying to do. So there you go. A little bit of diversion there on uh, people who I don't want you to get in trouble because you think you got a lot of money because your house, everybody's house is high, which means if you make the minimum wage a million dollars an hour after you sell your house, are you going to buy another expensive house? Or are you going to move into an El Cheapo apartment, which, by the way, aren't available anywhere, anywhere right now? If you make the million minimum wage a million dollars an hour. Yes, everyone's a millionaire, but you're living in Zimbabwe dollars at that point. So let's uh, <laughs> let's think about it. All right. Our Debo first Robert Mugabe reference on, on the show. I'm proud of that. <laughs> you got to get one in every now and then, right? Uh, what do we got? We got Debo wants to get paid, but they already shelled out the money for Garoppolo. That's right. So they're, they're going to deal with that. Garoppolo's gone around. after this year. They don't. They, they, that's not a problem. Right. You, can, you can fudge numbers for the cap. The issue is more of the principle of paying him as a top wide receiver when he's look. He's he's really good. But out, again, outside of that Shanahan system, he's not the same guy. Right. It's, it's just not – he's not a transcendent talent a la Calvin Johnson or, or somebody like that. Yep. He he should be paid what Galladay is paid. I don't have a problem with that. But mm. asking asking for that kind of money – look, again, he's just trying to ride the market. I don't blame him. I don't blame his agent for trying. You don't – first rule of sales, if you don't ask, you don't get – but if you're asking high, um, this is this is him trying to get money. Like, believe it or not, I saw this today, and this this blew my mind. Remember how much trouble we've talked about the Saints are in with their salary cap? It like, matter. how much? No, they have more money now than the Lions do yep. for salary cap this year. It's social construct. It's so crazy how you can shift things around like that. It really is. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And I mean, Debo, if you want to talk about the market right now, I mean, we're looking, there is a ton of wide receiver talent in this draft. There's a ton to get it to wide receiver now. And the reason you pay now is because you've got proven commodities out there, but there's going to be a whole lot of freshly proven commodities next year, which will probably affect that wide receiver market, which is what his agent is likely thinking about what's going to happen when it comes time to to deal with the contract. So there you go. That's how that plays out. Um, Jean-Paul Morrison. If this front office takes Hutch, Tibbs, Walker, Hamilton, or Willis, I feel like they feel that they can take that player and make them great in Brad Holmes and MCDCI trust. I, I think that's a fair take. I'm not in on Willis myself, but this is the one thing, you know, we've had, we had a conversation. I was a little um, 
uh, snarky, I guess, in the in the Slack one day. Um, people kept saying, if if we if we take if Willis is the guy, I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't tell me if they think Willis is the guy. Do you think Willis is the guy? Because they're making the argument to take Willis, but only if the, the team thinks he's the guy. Well, the team's going to think who they think is the guy. Right. That's who they're going to take anyway. So so this theoretical like, hey, I think Willis is great if they think he's the guy. Well, that's not really a position. You know what I mean? That's just saying I think whoever they take is great because they think that's the guy they should take there. Period. I don't I don't I don't buy that argument. Um, I don't I'm not in on Willis. I'm not in on Willis at two overall. I'm not certain. I mean, I guess at 32 overall, but then I'd be worried. Why did he fall that far? To be honest with you, why did he get past Tomlin? Why did he get past all the people who watched him play? Mm -hmm. You beat Blunt. There you go. You beat Blunt. I'll just ask the questions. <laughs> so anyway, with Willis, that's my personal opinion. I'm out on him. He he may well prove me wrong and be a great player. And if he, I hope he does. He seems like a pretty cool cat. Uh, well talking to him at um, senior bowl. He was I, I'm going to root dude. for him. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I want to root for him from afar though. Cause I, I really do like the guy, you know what we saw from him in mobile, what we saw from him at the combine. Like yeah. I, I, I genuinely like this dude, but he cannot play at the level that he's being sold at right now. And I don't want any part of that. I want a different team to take that and, uh, and figure that out. Yeah. Yep. All right, there we go. So um, last last piece on the wide receiver, draft one at 32, and it'll be a tenth of the cost. Um, yes. It's even cheaper if you get it at 34. Yes. Although 32 makes more sense for a wide receiver because the market goes up and you have the cost control of the fifth-year option. That That's... Uh, this, Can we talk about the fifth year option real fast? It's exactly where I was going on safety there you versus go. Great minds, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so the fifth year option is not for deciding whether or not you want to keep the player. It's all about the cost. Yeah. Like you're you're trying to you're you're trying to maintain your salary cap. It's a, a fixed controlled cost. Like we know how much TJ Hawkinson is going to cost in his fifth year. Like even though they haven't picked up the option yet. The only alternative is if you want to give them an extension early. It's just buying you a little bit more negotiating time. It's not buying you evaluation time. If you haven't realized after three seasons, which you have to pick up the option before the fourth season, if you haven't realized that the guy's the guy by three seasons, he ain't the guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that that's what the fifth, the fifth year option is not all about. Oh, we're going to get a quarterback and develop him and, and hope that that's it. Quarterback is actually one of the last positions I would want a fifth year option on because if you if he's good enough after three years you're giving him an extension you don't want to you don't want to risk any of that um, the Browns had to give a fifth year extension to Baker Mayfield how's that working out for him like you you want to get in front of that look at what Josh Allen got look at the mess the Patrick mess Mahomes. right now for Baltimore's the problem Baltimore's screwing this whole thing up with not doing, <laughs> with, with, with with keeping Lamar Jackson still twisting in the wind a little bit has been rough uh and that they're that they're, gonna, they're they're going to pay literally for that you know with the money mm -hmm. but it's it's not about like oh we want to see you know what we've got like that it's all about cost containment and cost structure and salary cap management that, that the fifth year option is not about giving players extra time to develop it that that's that's an antiquated notion that's gone away it's gone away for several years now oh gosh isn't it great to be able to say something's antiquated at our age. It really is. <laughs> so as we go towards the uh, 32, 34 picks here, let's uh trip comes in trip wag. Riz, we sleep for Monday through the draft. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope so too, my friend, but I think you will. 
Um, all right, let's see. Um, JJ, E, Bears going to waste Justin Fields. There you go. I disagree. I like Justin Fields. I oh. have always liked Justin Fields. I wanted him at seven last year. I still think the Lions were stupid for not making that, and I still think that's going to bite them in the ass. Well, the but I don't think that's what he's saying. What I think he's saying is they're going to waste him, like the Lions wasted Barry or Calvin or that's yeah, what that's, I, that's probably a better interpretation. That's yeah. my bad. Yeah, I think yeah. He, the poor guy uh, landed that in the I don't wrong disagree spot. with. <laughs> poor guy landed in the wrong spot, and it's going to hurt him. I'll we'll say see. this, though. We'll like They don't story. have a first-round pick this year. They got three picks like in a really, really good spot of the draft within like twenty five picks of one another. I, yeah. They they can still come out of this looking pretty well, but man, there there is no excuse for this Lions team to not pass the Bears this season. If they don't, I'm gonna be upset. Hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, let's get into this. Let's talk about uh, the Lions' options. Sorry for the misinterpretation. You are probably very right on that. That's my bad. Oh well, hold on. I need a little. Oops. I'll take that. Oh, that's rarely for me, Riz. <laughs> All right. 32 34. I, I like the thinking uh, where you're at on wide receiver versus safety because that's what we're talking about, right? That's the two positions I think that are, if we take Tibbs or Hutchinson at number two. Yeah. Or right? Walker. We, we, we have to, we, you cannot rule Trayvon Walker out at two. You can't. I feel like I can, but it's, really? it's a conversation okay. we can have. I just, I just think that there's a lot more smoke and hype around him than there's really there as a player. You're not buying me. sauce at two. <laughs> I'm not either. No, no, no. I, and, and look, I mean, I'm not saying Trayvon Walker isn't good or any of those kinds of things, right? I just don't think he's number two overall good. And I think it's Tibbs or Hutchinson. Those are the two guys that are there. Um, that one of those two will be available or both of them, depending because it is the Jags after all. Um, and the, and one of those two guys is who the Lions are going to take. I think it's actually going to be after the Jags pick somewhat uneventful the lions pick at number two overall i think the 32 and 34 are gonna be really exciting picks i do too um i'm well i'm still anxious on two i i still do think that trayvon walker is in play just because i i think the the traits guys and there are traits guys in the scouting department the Mm -hmm. vice president of player personnel ray agnew is a massive traits guy he's gonna look at at the, the relative athletic score and how Walker performed. And I, and I cannot stress this enough when the lions, when Kelvin Shepard ran the linebacker, the line linebacker linebacker workout at Georgia and Trayvon Walker went through those drills faster than Nicobe Dean did. And you can watch it. And that that's, that's, that's fact. Like that's got to rate raise some like, Holy crap. This guy's rare. And you better believe that the Lions are paying attention to that. Does that mean they'll take him? We'll find out in a week. Yeah, yeah. But they're not going to ignore that. <laughs> no, 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 they aren't. Um, I'm, I'm just kind of rolling through the chat as you're talking. Hamilton in two is in play to me. I don't think he is. As much as I like him. I don't think so either. I think the combine kind of stopped that. Even, and, and I look, you say, hey, it was GPS game speed. It was either one. Twenty-one point one eight miles per hour officially at Notre Dame. Yeah, would make him the second fastest safety in this class in terms of GPS time. Even though that's what got Amonra, I just don't see the play at two for this Lions team. I don't. I just don't see it, and I, it's unfortunate because I think he I would agree. be very, very impactful on this team. I think though that pass rush 
that you get from Tibbs or Hutch are going to be more, is going to be more impactful. It's, and it's, and, and frankly, from a business decision perspective and the product on the field and on fans and, and sales of merch and all the other things that go into that, um, you can get a good enough safety. If you think of like the total value, if you think about the three players you get at two, 32 and 34, the total value doesn't start with safety at two. The total value is probably higher with, Tibbs or Hutchett too, and then one of the safeties at 32 or 34 and a wide receiver. Yeah. In there well. That's something that we've talked about. If you heard me on the huge show yesterday, by the way, thanks huge for having me on. Um, I followed Lomas yesterday. Like n- no big shoes to follow there. <laughs> thanks, buddy. <laughs> Lomas, by the way, Lomas thinks they're taking Malik Willis at two. He's yeah, I'm a size 14. If he's bigger than that, I'll, I'll we'll talk about the size issues you had to fill. Uh, <laughs> Now we got to show off the hosiery. So I, I actually did wear Lions socks today. Look at uh, you. I can't, I can't bend my foot that way. There we go. There we go. I need a nail trim. Lions custom socks on. <laughs> Showing off my legs. There you go. All right. Um, Sorry, kids. Oh gosh, we can't get on topic here. Riz, expl- discuss Jeremy, Jermaine Johnson, why the Lions wouldn't draft him at two overall. So there are a couple things. First off, he was a a one-year producer. That doesn't mean that he wasn't good at Georgia, but he thrived like when, when given his own and, and asked to be the alpha dog, and he kind of would be. The other thing, and this this goes back to something that we've we've learned. Um, it's something actually I'll, I'll give Eric Schlitz some credit on this because remember how Eric Eric did a great job of breaking down the the QIB of like the the exact properties that, that the Quinn regime was looking for. Yeah. One of the things that he has figured out, and, and he's, he's not alone in this, but I'm going to give Eric credit because Eric's, Eric's the man. They like really good academic guys, like good students. Johnson was a non-qualifier coming out of high school. He struggled at Georgia. They, they apparently had a real hard time keeping him eligible. It doesn't mean that he's dumb. It doesn't mean any like the, the, we, we are we are far beyond that in society. Knowing that the like different people learn different ways. My grades sucked in high school. I'd like to think I'm pretty smart. Um, it, it's just it was it, it just wasn't where I was. Where the at that time in life. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Tell it to Miss Tell it to Miss Michaels, my tenth grade English teacher. Uh, as Miss Lane for me, ninth grade algebra. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people liked her. She she had. Uh. Mr. Smelts, my trig teacher, hates that guy. He walked around with a backpack full of bricks to help his posture. This was in like 1987. Like, what the hell's wrong with you, dude? I was told I'd get a D minus. So I, okay, sorry, I hate to digress. We're diverting. We're telling stories. I have to do this one, though. I was told by my algebra teacher in ninth grade, I didn't do the homework because I had other things I was interested in in ninth grade, but I never got less than 96% on the tests. And I got, uh, I was failing the class because I didn't do any of the homework because I got it. It was so easy, right? And, um, she said, I'll give you a D minus if you promise never to take another math class again. She, she had no idea, like no sense to say, well, he gets it. He's just being a lazy ass, right? He's, he's not prioritizing, right? And I said, okay, fine. And I thought I didn't get math. It, took, it All the way through the, the, the college degree I chose in my undergrad, I was like, oh, yeah, math isn't my thing. Like I was like, I, I, was, I was dumb for listening to her, number one. But number two, I should have done my homework. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can relate that. But anyways, <laughs> he was not a great academic performer. And that's something that this regime does take seriously. And uh, that that's that like all things like, again, you throw it into a blender, like all things being equal, that makes him a little less equal than it does with Trayvon or Kayvon or Aiden. It, yeah. It's 
Like, like I, I, I said this on the huge show yesterday. You can, you can in fact listen to the archive on it. If I need one player to get me a sack on third and eight in a critical situation in this draft class, Jermaine Johnson's the dude. Yeah. Like, n- no it. question. Like, it. he is the best natural pure pass rusher. He's got, he's got a variety of moves. He's athletic enough. He's, he doesn't like wow the charts, but he's, he's pretty dang good. And again, we saw him, Chris, in, in Popiel. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. Dude can win mm-hmm. against really good blockers inside, outside with speed, with power, with speed, with, with technique, with vision. Like, like he, his counter moves are so fast. I love that. But I just don't think he is viewed that way by the NFL. Um, not, and that, that's not just the Lions. Like, I, I don't think the NFL quite sees him on that plateau with those other three. Um, that, that means that a team, Atlanta at eight is a good example of a team that could wind up with him and get a massive hit. And, uh, uh, it, w- it wouldn't surprise me. I, I think the guy's a great player. I'd rate him above Thibodeau. Like, I'd, I'd take him over Kayvon 100%. Yeah. But I'm not making that choice. <laughs> mm, interesting. Yeah. I like him a lot too. He's, uh, he's a good, uh, a good player. I, I really liked what I saw from him in Mobile. Like that, that was. It bothers like, me because he could have fallen to us later in the draft. That's what I was. Yeah. He was around 32, 34 in those days. He was. And uh, he just did did too much. So yeah. It wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. And if, when all is said and done, if the, he winds up with the most sacks of anybody in this draft class, doesn't necessarily mean he'll be the best player at his position out of that. Because we, we've seen like empty sacks before. Like, I, I think actually Ziggy Ansa has the most sacks of his draft class. Is he the best player out of that class? Probably not. But like, uh, he, he, he's, he's good, man. I, I, I honestly, I do wish that there was more consideration paid to, to Jermaine Johnson at two, but uh, it's, it just doesn't, that, that's something that hasn't had traction either in the draft media or like in, in, from what we've, from everything that, that those of us are in the draft media have heard, it, it, it's just not there. So Riz, we're, we're a half hour in. Mm-hmm. We haven't gotten this first topic. <laughs> Damn it! We, but I, I I love this idea. Like this I do have of, a like, hard stop tonight too. I, I do know. have to run and pick up my daughter. So. I love this mailbag idea though. Like like rather than send it's us, it's like a spontaneous advance. mailbag. It's yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Although People we are asking you questions too. We 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 spell it M A L E bag, but that's okay. All right, Lions options. Let's start with thirty two. Riz, where are you at? Not showing the mailbag. <laughs> Where are you at for 32? I think you're a wide receiver, and I think we talked about why. What do you think? Who's your your cap? If if I well, see, I might. I am vacillating on this. I think they need defensive line, even after they take somebody at two, more than they need another wide receiver. Okay, and I, I like the depth at wide receiver in this class to get a guy like Wandale or. Christian Watson or somebody like that in the third round. Um, and then, by the way, I I think we have seen a shift in in what we're all getting as part of the draft media. Christian Watson is not a first round talent. Like I, I don't think the NFL sees him that way at all. People people were dogging when I was talking about the drops thing, right? And it's like that's a real thing. That's a real thing. It's a it's a problem. And I'm not saying he can't catch you. He's going to be a bad wide receiver. I'm just saying that's not, that's going to hurt us. Yeah, you got to be careful with that. Cause remember, remember last summer, everybody's like Jamar chase. Oh, Jamar chase can't catch. Well, he just turned in the, one of the greatest rookie receiving one year, ever. one year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm teasing. Right. No. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe let that play out, but it is something worth noting. I also think that the level of competition and, and the very rudimentary things that he was asked to do, 
Like he wasn't asked to win in a way that Chris Olave won at Ohio State or that Jamison Williams won at both Ohio State and Alabama or how Traylon Burks played at, at Arkansas completely different. Like he's a much less finished product. Now the athleticism is great. The size is great, but he's not there yet. And, uh, uh, I actually talked to a Packers guy about this because I'm, I'm like, oh, man, y'all are taking him, right? And he's like, I don't think so. I don't, don't, don't think they see him that way. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. But so so anyways, I'm, I'm leaning more towards safety or defensive line here. And based on the rising cost tr- structure that safeties are getting and the rising importance of the position, I'm probably leaning more towards safety, whether it's Jaquan Brisker or Lewis Sign or – Daxton Hill, who I think is going to be long gone, or Jalen Peter, who might be gone. Um, and I'm weighing who I want out of all of those. I will say this, spoiler revealer, um, I did my what I would do mock draft. It's up at Real GM Football right now. Go there, footballrealgm.com. Check it out. Great place. My, my, my pick was Jaquan Brisker. And I like it. <laughs> at 32, Jaquan Burt Brisker. Interesting. Yes. <laughs> I took Jaquan Brisker there. Now, I will say this because this – the what I would do Lions full seven round mock draft comes out tomorrow, and the pick ain't Jaquan Brisker. <laughs> Things changed. He wasn't available. <laughs> right, 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 right. Brisker sign. I like sign um, in that space. I think he's good. Uh, yeah, and, and really, like I like all those. Like I'm happy with any of those guys. Really, um, I'm a little bit lower on. Uh, I, I actually I would say this. I'm higher on Hill than I am the others. I think what Daxton Hill can do in coverage, um, like he, he's, he's the best slot corner in this draft, as well as being probably the best covered safety in this draft outside of Hamilton. And that, that has value to me on a team that doesn't really have an established slot corner. Uh, yeah. So, you know, he, he's a guy you can leave him on the field and be heavy nickel or light nickel, depending on how the opponent goes. He and, and Petre are really the only guys that you can do that with, like because Petre is probably the second best slot corner. Like it's not a great draft to need slot corners like that actually play that position already. Those guys they're not great in this class, and that's honestly that's where the Lions need is a corner. They don't need any more outside guys. They need a slot. So I I I would take Hill out of all those, but I, I don't think he's going to be there. Where are you at with it? I'm 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 in very much the same place as you. Um, I've snuck wide receiver up there. I was very much um, edge, edge, safety, edge, safety, edge type of, type of, of, of picks at the top three. Wide receiver has snuck up in the last couple of hours. I mean, I was prepping for tomorrow with with Mike or Mike, and I didn't. Wide receivers weren't even in my my thought process at that point, but they step up more and more throughout the day today as I think about this. Look, you can get like Tolbert probably. I'm this, I'm, I'm not looking at my things, but like 66, right? I mean, I think you yeah, can you're going probably, to the 66 or 97, yeah, and you're where getting, you're looking, and, and you're Tolbert fits there. there. Yeah, Wandale Robinson fits there. And, like, and so uh, now, what have you done? You got a safety and two game changers on the edge, right? Because you got to replace Flowers, yeah. right? All that stuff. Yeah. All of a sudden, you got two defensive game changers. You, you shored up your your secondary uh, at safety. 
wow, you're looking good. Boom, you nailed that wide receiver now. And that's what I think you need a good, good kind of top end kind of wide receiver to fill out that wide receiver room, push some of those guys down the depth chart a little bit. Cause I think most of the guys are one spot higher than they ought to be in the, in, in the wide outs room. So I think you can get that guy to push those guys down and give you the production you need. I really like what that does to this team. And, you know, you're not past pick 66 overall yet. To me, that's a really, really good look for the Detroit Lions. I agree. So, so if, if you're taking a wide receiver at 32 or 30, we'll, we'll lump 34 in here because, sure. like, again, we don't know what the Jaguars are doing at one. So to insinuate that we know what they're going to do at 33 is what? <laughs> flipping <easy>. crazy. <laughs> but I don't think they're taking wide receiver after they paid Christian Kirk. Uh, and I, I would, I would bet very strongly that they're taking an offensive lineman at 33 if they don't take one at one. Mm -hmm. And if they do take one at one, then they're taking Boye Mafe or somebody like that who can rush the passer at 33. That's my general thinking of what they're going to do. Again, it's just a guess. I, 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 I will say this a lot now. Um, I'm going to have the Ozzy song on behind me all freaking week. Don't ask me. I don't know. And beware people who tell you that they do know because they don't. <laughs> they don't know. Well, let's get into that a little bit here. Um, well, first, hold on before we get there. Uh, Jean-Paul, thank you, sir. I got the feeling that it's going to be four defense, one offense in the first three rounds. Would you go defense one through three and offense slash defense in the third? Yeah, that's that's kind of yeah. That I'm, makes sense to me. I, I would also throw in. I would take a tight end at, at ninety seven if yeah. one of the several that I like in that range are there because I do think that's a very important position and I don't trust the dude that they signed from from New Orleans for one year for the vet minimum. Like that yeah. that tells you what they think of him. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a Brock Wright guy. No offense, Brock. Like, dude, you defeated fine as an undrafted rookie. I want more. Yeah, no, I'm not sure. No that, I want more. I'm not sure the one year contract says what they think of him. I think it just says he's got to show something to, to, to yeah, keep like the deal. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, he's not a guy anybody's going to lock in on a long-term deal. So we'll see how that plays out. We'll uh, yeah. we'll go for that. Like, like, but Charles Harris is a great example of that. Like, they, they signed him one year. Show me what you can do. And if we like it, we're going to sign you. And and they did. And I, I like that one. I like that they brought him back for that. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm still wondering what Tim Boyle showed them that made them sign him prematurely it was, it was some pictures of somebody different, different cross to bear all right let's talk about <laughs> the smoke and the and, and everything else going on we've got this whole kind of um there's there's just so much there's so much talk going on about who the lions are taking some of it seems informed some of it seems just absolutely nuts and you can find a little bit of a break in the quality of what you're getting between the national versus the local media right and i kind of want to go start out riz who Let's just start it. Like, let's just go straight into it. Who can we trust on the draft stuff? I mean, is I'm, Mel Kiper locking this, this down for us? I'm going to go more. I'm not even going to limit this to Detroit because I think this is true of every team. You need to be reading the beat writers who are there all the time. The analysts who cover the team professionally get paid to do it. They're going to know what's going on more than, and I'm just, I'm just picking names here. I'm not picking out people. Then Mel Kuyper, then Todd McShay, then Daniel Jeremiah, then Dane Brugler. Then they're they're just gonna know. Now those people do have contacts. Um, don't get me wrong, and and I I have seen, and in fact I know who some of them are, and and I do trust and respect all those guys. I really do. But if I'm when I'm filling out a mock draft, 
I'm not reading Mel's mock. I'm not reading my friend Christopher Passo at CBS. I'm not reading his national. It's a national mock. Like uh, if you want like that solid information, like now, now Chris, Chris is a Bills guy. If I want to know who the Bills are taking, I'm calling Chris, Chris Passo. If I want to know like let's, who the Panthers are taking, I'm calling my friend Billy. If I want to know who the Texans are taking, I, well, I call a bunch of people. Let's I'm file that down. Though. Let's file that down a little bit because there is an absolute difference. I mean, there's a particular person who covers the Cleveland Browns who is absolutely clueless and yes. she's there every day. Right. So let's, yes. I, and, and, and I'm going to talk about this in a little bit. Right. So I, you, yes, the beat writers, the people that are there every day bring a, a, a very good context, but you got like where we're at. I, I, I'll talk about Justin Rogers all day. Right. I will talk about Justin Rogers as mm-hmm. having, you know, some of the top quality stuff is there every day knows how to break and make, no, not make break and investigate and come up with information to create it, to, to to deliver a story. Uh, Burkett very much as well in that kind of realm. Um, You know, the business is kind of playing around with these guys a little bit, but they both pretty much stick true to their, their, their nature and their colors and, and provide really, really good stuff. But there's definitely people that sit in the room that don't deliver that quality, right? That don't, that, and, and, I, I've I've come to call them st- stenographers, right? They're just they live tweet. Brad Holmes said this, you know. Dan Campbell said this. They said this, and they're just literally. And then, oh, let me write a story about a tweet. <laughs> that that is part of my job too. Oh just God! So you're aware. I hate during the press conference when I've got like eight guys tweeting the same. You know, Brad Holmes said X Y Z, and then it comes up eight times. It's like you're not breaking any news. You're not making any news. You're not helping your account, really. I mean, this is how I mute people. Most of us, I'll, I'll break the. Most of us are looking at each other like we're really doing this, aren't we? <laughs> not everybody but like it, like when uh, I, I know ben raven is he every time he's live tweeting a press conference his eyes are so rolled in the far back of his head yep. like yep. like why are we doing this because we're gonna write exactly what they said and people have already read it and they're not gonna click like like that, that's a business model that our, our higher ups haven't figured out yet <laughs> yeah 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 exactly so you gotta be first on these you gotta, you gotta show that you're there the, the bottom line right find out who the right people are to follow with the yeah. right content, not the stenographers. They'll tell you whatever they want to tell you, but if their experience is, is you know, writing tweet stories, that might not be the people who are going to break down the info for you. So I would agree. Okay, so then what about the, the the manipulation level from the teams? Because you got these guys that are in the room; they're also the most susceptible to the shenanigans from the team, at kind of popping things up here and there and getting the stories out that they want. Oh, leak this, you know, spread that, whether it's real, right. whether it's not to create a narrative that they, you know, there's a lot of work. It, it, I'll just really quick. One of the things I know is when we do something, you know, roll something out or do something, we have a communication plan that we put together. And one of the things that we do, and this is, this isn't even nearly as high level as what they're doing, but we'll have a list of all the stakeholders and where are they now? And where do we want them to be? And then we create a plan to take each of those groups to where we want them, right? Through communications, what what medium do we have? What means do we have? Is it relationship? Is it announcement? You know, all those kinds of things. How do we get them to where we need them to be at launch of whatever we're doing? I guarantee you that it's at that level and deeper 
of the information that they want to receive and how they manage it. And especially with somebody like Brad Holmes, who's so much of a marketing guy and so much understands the planning and implementation behind building communications and a communication plan and a strategy around that. I guarantee this group of people does that. I guarantee. Yeah. And that, that that's something. And this is this is a conversation I actually had. I mean, I'm in a I'm in a group chat with several draft nicks who everybody would know. And one of the things that we talk about is like, why are we being fed this particular bit of information? Like from 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 and one of the there, there's one team in specific that talks to one of the guys because he covers the team um, as well as being a draft guy, and he's like, why did they tell me this? And we're, so we're bouncing that around like. Do they want you to like, are, are they doing it to gauge public opinion? Are they doing it so you can frame it so they can like maybe try to market the, the pick? Mm-hmm. Um, are, are, are they doing it so they're really being transparent about it and trying to get credibility with you so you believe them when they tell you things like the, there's all sorts of different. And and we don't know, like we're, we're going to learn because yeah. they don't have a track record yet of what they're going to do. But uh, there, there's a pick and, and I'll say it's in the teens. And when you look, there's going to be a whole lot of people that are doing what I do who have the same pick there. And that's not by accident. And we're going to learn if we're being manipulated or if we're being sold a real bill of goods, like, or, or sold the actual product. Like, and, and like that, that's, that's something that people that do what I do for a living have to battle and wrestle and evaluate and reevaluate all the time. Why, like, wh- why is this information being disseminated to me? What, what is their goal from me to your point? What do they want? What's their end game as using me as a conduit to float this information? And that's something that the good draft Knicks understand pretty well. And the bad ones write it on their blog instantly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, th- and that, that's where you get wild rumors from. And, and uh, it's why they save certain people like Holmes for big interviews nationally, rather than sitting down with some blog poster, right? It, they're right. not going to get the traction that they need. They're well-crafted stories. When they really put the stuff out there, they're going to put it out there in, in, in large form because a lot more people are going to take it. And when more people repeat it, the more true it becomes. And right. uh, that's where that, you know, it's all playing both the size and reach of the message as well as what message you want out. Yeah. Just a, a quick follow up on that. One of one of the one of the things that I talked about was that they, they will ch- check the public opinion on it. Dave Gettleman, when he was the manager of the Giants, was notorious for that. John Dorsey, DGAF, baby, he really doesn't care. <laughs> and I, I kind of think that that's where the, the Lions organization is, is. I think that's one of his influences on it is that. They're not going to worry what the fans think. They're they're so believing in what they do, which is one of the reasons why I can't discount that Sauce Gardner is going to. I don't think that's going to happen, but I can't rule that out because I don't think they care that they would get backlash that they took a corner at two. I really don't. Yeah, that, and and that, that that's that's the Dorsey influence. I, again, I don't think that's going to happen. But like the, the, again, figuring out the motivations for that. Like Gettleman was good at that. Um, when Bill O'Brien, the the god awful one year that he ran the Texans, what? he floated. He sort That's of did thing, what Patricia it? did, and that he trusted a couple of specific people with information and ran it through them. And then th- th- there was one one bit that didn't come back to him the way that he thought it would. And I think it did impact their their decision. It, it wound up not changing it, but I do think it impacted like. Well, Maybe we do need to look broader here. 
Um, and, and different again, different teams do di- like uh, with the top thirty. Don't first of all, don't ever call them a top thirty visit. That's not what they are. That's they're they're thirty visits. You, teams yes. use them for different things all the time. Bill Belichick brought a guy in one time because he used to be friends with the guy's dad. And he just wanted to talk to him. Like, <laughs> get over the the thing that you're trying to read. Like, oh, th- 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 this means, oh my god, th- they brought they brought they brought Nicobe Dean, and that means they're taking him, right? Right? Well. They brought in five other linebackers too. Like, doesn't mean they're taking them all. Like, you can't cherry pick. Like, there's so many different motivations for why teams bring people in, and they are not top thirty visits. They are thirty visits. It's calling them top is is one of those bastardizations that the NFL Network has glommed onto to market itself to make it look better and more important than it really is. It's it's true enough to market. Because it's their top 30 choices for who they want to visit. It's not the top 30 people they're going to pick. They don't know one has 30 picks, right? I mean, get it. I get it. It's a great Why marketing term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a great marketing term. And that's about, about yeah. how they're playing it. So. The Lions brought in a, a linebacker safety from Oklahoma who's not going to get drafted. Um, I actually think they're probably going to try to sign him right after the draft. But, like, nobody got excited about that. Nobody got excited about Eric Johnson coming in. Eric Johnson is going to be the Detroit Lions fifth-round pick. I'm going to put that in every mock draft from now until the, a week from now. The, the the defensive tackle from Missouri State that they had down at the Senior Bowl, I know they like him. I know they do. And he, he will be my fifth-round projection for them. Who's talking about him coming in on, on a, a – top 30 visit like like it's it's so it's whack i hate it it's something that i rally when, when, when i'm in these so we have the the wire editor work slack and i yell at people every single time any of them publish top 30 i'm like don't call it that so they actually have a little meme of me now that uh when, when that comes up what percentage <laughs> of the lines draft picks were of the top 30 visits last year See that's and, and we don't know because they were virtual last year and they didn't have yeah, to report them. That's right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So See, we don't have we the, don't have a track record for what they do. The, and it's, Dorsey, a, it's unfortunate. He was in Cleveland less. Yeah. Dorsey actually dicked around and and like one year he didn't draft a single person that had a visit, and the next year everybody that they drafted had a visit. So you're trying to get a track record on something that like I'm telling you, man, John Dorsey. Aside from being the master, this guy is so. Like Mr. Conspiracy Theory, that like he, he's Senator. got the he's got the the, the, the tinfoil helmet on, <laughs> like with the or got the colander on with the antennas coming out of it. <laughs> like he's he's dialed in. The, he loves fooling with people like that. He's 4chan. That's what he is, man. <laughs> All right, really quick. I got to remind people today is 420, April 20th, and there's a huge sale at cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Diamond CBD, the greatest stuff to take care of your head, your anxiety, sleep, and pain. Go on over to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. 420, get yourself a 70% discount on a ton of the products there. If they got something that you're not getting 70% on, and I haven't found it yet, Use coupon code LIONS and you'll get 55% off there. So that's a good one to go. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Take care of your brain. And if you want to buzz, you can do that too. Great stuff. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. All right. So the manipulation level is high. They use, they, they plan for it. Absolutely. They plan for it. And they it's, do. it's part of the game and they put things out there and, and you know, their choices are changing as the, the, the year goes on as well. And as more information comes out. So, um, it, the, the the messaging changes and that helps create a lot of that smoke screen too as their opinion changes yeah. and their messaging changes you just don't know you don't know and and the good teams 
not the Matt Patricia run teams, will keep that a mystery because they continue to evaluate. They continue to take in new data and they continue to um, iterate on the in the information that they have. Uh, you know, like we said, Jeff Okuda was picked. And I'm not saying Jeff Okuda is a bad pick. I'm not out on him yet. Well, this is going to be a pivotal, ye- pivotal year for Jeff Okuda. Very good this year. We <laughs> knew he was the pick at the Senior Bowl that year. It's crazy. We did. We knew we knew we knew it was him or one other person, and that other person went before him. So it's <laughs> you got you gotta get the Delta eight, Dr. Detroit. It's that's not boring at all. <laughs> that's where I think you're missing out. All right. Um let's talk about something. G, uh Brad Holmes, since we're talking about the the leadership of the team. Uh Brad Holmes yeah. was on the GM Journey podcast with Thomas Dimitrov. Uh Rishi was the first one to send it to me. I got just pummeled with people. Listen to it, listen to it, listen to it. And I mean, everybody was like, Chris, this is what you said. This is what you said. This, oh my God, this is all about what you talked about with servant leadership. And oh. you have to listen to what Brad Holmes is saying in the podcast. And and I did listen and it was, it's, it's right. And it's the same thing he told us in the first, he said, he's a servant leader. He used the words in the very first interview. And if you remember, and, and you know, there's some things, uh, you know me, right? There's a couple of very few things, but there's some things that I won't let go of. And when our media walked out of that and said, Rod Wood is making football decisions. I was just like, you ribbon idiots have no life experience. No. I mean, and this, this, this is part of the thing that's, it's, it's, it's prevalent in the media everywhere. And I don't care if it's left, right, whatever. It doesn't matter. You have a lot of people. The, the, the industry has gotten screwed. It isn't an industry that people can make a living at. You know, back in the day, uh, Killer Kowalski could have a nice house and retire. Uh, Mike O'Hara, right, had, had a career as a newspaper man, right? It was, it was a career where you made a good living. You could do it. If you look the average age of the person doing coverage, whether it's hard news or sports news, continues to go down because they're willing to accept the lower wage that's being paid by the news industry. It's just not making as much money. So they're paying less money and people aren't doing as a career, doing it as a career in a lot of places. Riz, are you know, uh, you know, there's a number of them that don't pay people at all to write their news for them right so what do you have you have people that have very very little life experience right or people that i've written for blogs all my life and this is what i want to do and so while you're good at writing blogs but you don't have the ability or the wisdom or the depth of knowledge to provide context on what you're being told and it goes back to that stenographer thing i talked about where if you can't provide context all you're doing is regurgitating what someone said. You might know football. That's cool. Football's fun to watch and you can you can learn football, but you're really just taking notes. You're a court reporter at that point. Just and then and then what happens? You what you see. And, and, and again, I'm not knocking individuals here or whatever, but what happens? The same narrative came out of that. You had six, seven different outlets saying, Rod Wood making football decisions because not one of them understood what they were told. And they all said, how do we report? I don't know if they said that I, I'm making this part up. I don't have factuals, you know, they but probably didn't talk to anybody first off other than each other. Right. right? Yeah, <laughs> and they said, what did we just heard? What did we hear? And that's part of it, too. There used to be that more of a competition. There was a collegial attitude between the people covering it. But the idea was I need to get a better story so that the Detroit news yeah. is sold versus Detroit free press is sold. Right yeah. now. It's like. Everyone's live. That, the, that's the gone away. Yeah, that, that, that's something that's been we're like, like one of the things one of the things that used to be a common courtesy was 
if Dave Burkett asked the question and it got answered, you like let Dave have that story and you wouldn't go on it until after he put it up. Now people have it up before Dave's even out of the press conference. And and I, I, I've been guilty of it too. I, I'm part of the problem there, but like it didn't used to be that way. I, I do remember early on um, when I, when I first got the, the first team that ever credentialed me, believe it or not, was the Indianapolis Colts um, back many, many years ago. Yep. And one of the things was like, you gave, you gave guys who had been there for a long time. They, they got the preferential order in the questions and you let them, the, the specific things that they asked about, you gave them the latitude to run with that for like a day. And then you jumped in on it. Yep. And that, that sort of professional courtesy is gone. And when and, you and don't, I'm part of the problem, I hate it. When you don't have the competition, right? Or that, that courtesy, yeah. what you have is a group meeting to come up with a narrative. The whole idea of yeah. freedom of press is a variety of thought, a variety of reporting and getting something different than the company line. They're not supposed to be a pre PR firm. They're supposed to be making and breaking news. And that, I mean, writing stories about tweets, you know, coming up with this exact same narrative because you didn't have the life experience to understand what you literally were. So they used the words and told you that's a problem, right? That's a problem. And I think that's where news across, not just sports. And I'm not just saying Detroit's lions. Right. Beat yeah, room, no, this right? is everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's everywhere. It's a real problem. And, and people that consume news are not getting a full story on any topic, on any angle, any side, right? I'm not picking anything political here. I'm just saying the news industry as a whole has, is doing us no favors and is, is, is actually hurting the level of knowledge that people carry. And, and it's really frustrating to see that. And, and when, when you like, if you know a little bit about something and you read a story about it, you're like, oh, wow, yeah, that's really informative. I like that. When you know a lot about something and you read a story about it, you're like, this guy's a freaking idiot. He has no idea what he's talking about. Right. And, 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 and all of a sudden, if you start thinking about every story you read that you know a lot about, most people reporting on it don't know what the hell they're talking about. You're like, wait, what about the rest of the stuff they're writing about? And that's where you get to. So it all kinds of comes back to the servant leadership thing. Holmes talked about it again in this, in Thomas Dimitros. It's an hour, just over an hour long. It is so, so worth the listen. Servant leadership is not about the boss. It is an organizational philosophy. Right. It is the way you treat the people you work with. You can be a leader as a as a line worker. You can be a leader anywhere. And it's it's the way in which you work. And um, we talk about Spielman, like what what is Spielman's role? I think that's kind of a little bit of a ghost for a lot of people. Right. Oh, he's just there to kind of help out. Right. Yet Holmes is talking about Spielman has a heart of gold. Right. Spielman is truly a servant leader. He doesn't need a title. He doesn't need the 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 fanfare he's there working with the team i think you're getting that from dorsey too dorsey's bringing look let's face it he can spin up a great fortune story and said said you know the media in motion as, as he needs and smoke screens and all that but he's doing it as a part of a team for that team's greater good um and you see it built into the soul of who dan campbell is right i mean he's that guy he you, you see who he is and how he reacts and how he acts you yeah, have there's nothing inauthentic about Dan yep. Campbell or Brad Holmes or Chris Spielman. Yep. That's that's just not who they are. They are cut from that same cloth, to borrow their words. Yep. Yep. So think about it. Just a couple things I'll talk about. Uh, Ten principles of servant leadership, listening, empathy, healing, self-awareness, persuasion, conceptualization, being able to think beyond small tasks and communicate larger goals, having foresight, stewardship 
taking ownership and moving things along, not for the quarterly results, but for the long term commitment to growth and building a community. Those are those are key pieces. And, and if you think about those things and how they apply from this team on the Detroit Lions, you'll start to see, oh, this 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 means something. This is this is what they're really doing. Now, there, there's a couple of cons, right? It's it's time consuming. It takes time to do it. And 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 Holmes talked about getting his time away, finding time to read, that kind of thing. And it's 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 really important to to mark out the time that you need to do other About things. Five minutes to read. Yeah. <laughs> um, it can be confusing and uncomfortable for who are uh for employees and leaders accustomed to other styles. Um a lack of clarity. And this is where I think the 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 whole Rod Woods doing football stuff. Uh, the lack of clarity about formal authority, it can cause uh, lack of clarity and misalignment, right? And it can cause some problems. And I think that happened with the media. It didn't seem to happen with the front office. They seemed to know exactly what they were doing. They had that lined up. So it was, it was the people who weren't familiar with it trying to paint a picture about something they had no idea about. So that's kind of that whole media. And, and this is something like, like you have, you, you obviously, you don't do this for a living. Like, I haven't done this for a living my entire time. I came from a company that that this is back in the 90s that didn't necessarily like call it servant leadership, but the, the 10 principles that you just rattled off. And by the way, Chris did that without looking at notes. He knew that off the top of his head. Uh, for those of you doing the audio only portion of this, um, um, and, and if you do, watch the YouTube, subscribe, click on it, find out when we're going to be on the air. Like, do that. Hit the like button. But, <laughs> I, I think back now and, and like, I'm like, God, that, like I, I was empowered. I was encouraged to be inventive, to take ownership of things, to be, but also to be empathetic. To, I was one of the, I was on the, the, the customer facing people in our organization. And I took that very seriously, but they also like gave me some latitude to, to do it as long as I did it within, you know, promoting the core values of what our company was. I, I helped car dealers make more money off of you with a software package when you bought and leased a car. This is that, always what I package. <laughs> I, I did that. I did that for five years. I was good at it. I made significantly more money in 1996 through or 1997 through 2002 than I make now. Um, the, the, this this job I have now is the lowest paying job I've ever had, and I was a middle school teacher. <laughs> In the hood, yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I made more there than I do now. Like that—that's one of the issues that, that we have in this industry is that you're getting a lot of. You talked about younger people that don't necessarily have the the outside breadth of experience. Like I, I've worked in the corporate world, I've worked in the education world. I've, I've, I was unwittingly part of a union. I've been I, like I've I've been in a lot of different capacities. And that builds into my understanding of what I'm doing. It, lo- it allows me, and, and not just me, like other people have this as well. Um, they have the ability to see things more for what they are than just like taking everything right away. Um, my, my Browns Wire colleague, Jared Mueller, I'll, I'll bring him up. He's a substance abuse counselor by day. That's, that's, his, that's his real job. And the way he approaches situations for guys who, like we talked about with Deshaun Watson, obviously Deshaun doesn't have substance abuse issues, but there are things there that like, like he understands, like he's been on the, he's been with the people that Deshaun may have uh, allegedly victimized. Like, I like it's his perspective on things like that is different than somebody who just went through journalism school and only learned this is how you sell papers. This is how you climb in the radio world. This is this is how you get on TV and get an executive producer credit. And this is like, how I feel about things. So this is the way it's the world very is, different. Right? 
And and that, that's one of the, that's one of the reasons why Jared and I are friends. That's one of the reasons why I was very happy to to concede that job to him. Like, yes, I, I know you're going to do a good job with this. Um, there are people that I have worked with and worked for who don't have that, and it's frustrating as hell. <laughs> <laughs> be kind <laughs> yeah yeah for sure so i think i mean know who you are know what you have i think again i'm not ripping on anybody specifically in in the media but no one no, of the because, things i because think because you can find examples everywhere yeah, chris yeah one of the things i think we bring and that's what i think that's one of the things you and i bring and the fact that we've made friends and spend time talking outside even of the show and giving yeah. context to what happens is our life experiences that we bring are, are significantly different than i think anybody else in that media room. And you're going to find that we see things that other people don't. And, and this one, Holmes talks about it, nailed it on day one. We had this locked in on day one. So you were, you were all over it. Yeah. Giving you full credit on that. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. So there you go. That's, that's what you're after. Um, If you're interested in the servant leadership thing. And I think that this is, frankly, I'm a a practitioner. I believe in it as a, as a way of running a business and and treating people. Um, I'm reading a book right now by uh, Ryan holiday. Uh, It's actually one of the authors that, (laughs) that, uh, Brad had mentioned, Holmes had mentioned in, in his interview, this one's called The Obstacle is the Way, where the thing in your path that you think is blocking you oh, is man. actually the way to success. It's it's very interesting book. And, it, you know, there's a little bit of something called stoicism. I'm in, there, in my stoicism. wife's library. I'm in her office doing this. And she's got a ton of these books. Yeah. I'm looking for that. I, I think I've seen that book in her office. Believe it or not. I'm, yeah. I'm digging right now. It's, it's, people talk about the grind. And sometimes they talk about it in a, in a, in a negative way. Sometimes they talk about it in a positive way. I'm not talking about the grind. I'm, you know, is, is, in, is a plus or minus. I'm talking about finding those obstacles that block people and stop people and, and how you can turn those things into uh, actually the way that you find success. So interesting, interesting book. I really, uh, if you're interested in it, that's one. Uh, servant leadership is an excellent topic. And I think as just dealing with people, it's a really, really helpful kind of methodology and way of thinking. Um, whether you're, like I said, if you're on the line doing the tasks every day, or if you're the CEO of the company, anywhere in between that kind of a, a mindset will help you dealing with the people and the, and, and the things that come up in daily life. It's just, it's just it's, I found it to be incredible. So there you go. All right. Um, let's move on. Um, really quick. I, I have to talk about this. I like talking about this. We got together with Jerry Jacobs and put together seatbeltgang.com with some really, really great merch. It is all about helping kids in the city of Detroit. Um, pro, uh, proceeds from sales go there. We've got some really, really cool merch going on. Um, here, I'll just show a couple things because I got, I, I got, I paid for them. It's all for charity. These are uh, poker cards. Pretty sweet cards. I mean, they're, 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 they're really high quality cards. See Bell Gang cards, got the logo on the back. Let's see the, you can see there. Sweet. The real deal. Good stuff. Uh, I got this one is really cool. It's a little smaller than I thought, to be fair, but it's a Bluetooth speaker. Let's see if we can get in there. It's got the logo that goes all around. And oh, man, that, that would fit perfectly in my bathroom. And it's a wireless charger. So as I was working with with uh, my mother-in-law setting up, I had to do some work. I had to caulk some areas and fix some stuff up in her place before she moved in. I literally had this plugged in. Uh, it has a battery in it, but I had it plugged in the wall and I was charging my phone on it and playing Spotify while I was doing the work. And it was loud enough while I was working. No problem. All. It's little nice little package, really good stuff, inexpensive, uh, good stuff. Cool. And then also this is another one I got because I, I love this. It's a sweet, big tumbler. This is going to be my new Jack and Coke tumbler, <laughs> the 50-50 mix. Um, 30 ounce <laughs> steel, dual wall, vacuum seal. I want to diffuse that a little bit. <laughs> 
Um, this, the, I love this thing. This is really, really good quality stuff. Go to seatbeltgang.com. Uh, get yourself any kind of merch shirts, shirts, the whole thing, the, the, the logos changing a little bit. Jerry and I were talking about it. we got some, some changes. Gonna get Jerry on. We're gonna talk about uh, his. I love that Jerry is like actively involved in this, and he's he's very much like this. This is hit. Like he's yes, he's the driving force behind this. But he's like he's not just like turning it over to a team. Like he's he's directly hands on involved in this. Jerry and I, (laughs) we're the team, right? Yeah. I I would also just keep your eyes on JJ thirty nine dot live. That might be doing something sometime soon as well. Uh, Got some good stuff going on there. and we'll have Jerry on. I'll just tell you right now, Jerry, we're about right now. He's, he's getting to running. He he's healing up quick. I talked to him about it and on your compensatory injury, I asked him about that and he said, no, no, no. I've been working both legs just as hard. He's like, they've been making real sure that he's not going to get that, that. And just for folks that don't know the injury, because you favored one leg. Now the other one's more susceptible injury. They're making sure that that doesn't happen. He says he's going to be ready for training camp full speed. So Sweet. Jerry's coming back. I, I'm, I'm really excited. So there you go. Seatbeltgang.com. Uh, all, you know, we're going, we're trying to help uh, things in Detroit. We're, we've got a couple ideas. We're going to start breaking some of those out in the next month as we see how people go on this. There's some really, really great merch there. Great logos, great stuff. So seatbeltgang.com. Okay. Draft pick odds. Let's get on this. Um, where do you want to start, Riz? You want to start with just the Lions as their first round draft odds? Yeah, let, let's start with what the odds are for what position the Lions are going to take. And, you know, you, you can bet on any number of things. You can bet on individual players. They have odds, but you can also bet on positions. You can bet on which player will be the first player taken in a position group. Yeah. Um, you can bet on Who's gonna be 10? Do, do the whole like roulette. Like I'm picking 34, like, and, and put all your money on one player going in one spot. That's sort of a, a hit or miss you can but you can do more of the like let's let's bet on black or let's bet on bet on even <laughs> if if you like yourself uh, a kicker a punter a long snapper you want to go plus twenty thousand for the number two overall pick you take those odds <laughs> it's some big money right there hey, it's great <laughs> Matt, Matt Ariza technically has the third best score of draft grade of anybody in this class. Yeah. That means he's going to three yeah. or two. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Oh man. Okay. So, um, super chat is Jeff in 4k yet. No, I'll, I'm going to hold off. Cause I just did the seatbelt gang thing. Loretto. Yeah. Appreciate you, bro. Um, we will talk about the 4k piece that we're working on here. Um, exact position of the first draft player. So the, it's uh, position wise for the lions. The most likely position is Riz take a wild. I'm going to guess um, it's probably defensive line is how they break it out. Yes. Defensive lineman and edge. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And they're lumped together because they like Trayvon Walker can be any of those. I guess theoretically um, (laughs) Hutchinson can too because Hutchinson can play inside too. Yeah. 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 That's minus 280. Right. So you still make money. That's pretty. That's that's like. Yeah, that's going to happen. That's pretty confident. <laughs> like you're not making money betting on that. Yeah. So so if you don't if the Lions are going to forego Hutchinson and Tibbs, right? Neither one of them, not Walker, right? Okay. They're not going edge, they're not going uh on uh defensive lineman, DT anything. What's the next position you think they're grabbing? The next the next most wow. likely position. Just to explain that, by the way, the the minus 280 means you have to wager $280 to win 100. Correct. Uh, when when you go the other way, like the next one will probably be, I'm going to guess it's probably plus 200, which would mean that if you wagered 100, you would win 200. Correct. Um, I'm going to say that's probably defensive back. 
So it is actually plus 500. So you go from minus 280, right? So you got to bet 280 to make 100 to plus 500, where if you bet 100, you make 500, right? Yeah. And it's quarterback. Really? Yes. Yes. That is a huge odd swing, though, of minus 280 to plus 500. Vegas is pretty darn certain the Lions are going with the linemen. Yeah, edge here in the draft. I mean, that's for the second option to be 500 like that. That's that ain't going to happen, folks. (laughs) And if you believe in it, that that, that's a a worthwhile investment. But be prepared to lose that. Don't risk anything that you can't afford to lose. Here you go. I'm going to go just uh, exact position. So if I go to Green Bay, I'll just go through the (laughs) NFC North. Right. The first one is minus 165 wide receiver. The next one is plus 450 for defensive lineman. Right. If we go to the Bears, you're plus 250 only for wide receiver and plus 250 for an offensive lineman. It's a it's a straight up, you know, coin. Right. And keep in mind, they don't pick until like 48. <laughs> and and then if you go to the Vikings, right, you're plus 115 for a DB or plus 275 for lineman. Those those odds are a lot tighter than minus 280 to plus 500. That's crazy yeah. big. Vegas is certain that the Lions are going with a um yeah. uh an edge but- yeah, and and that's pretty like you're using. I don't even know which draft which book you're using, but it's fairly consistent across most books. You can find value here and there, and I would encourage you to shop around. Um, and I can say that because we're not sponsored by any of them yet. Yet, um, and uh, well, we were for just, draft by DraftKings for a while, but they didn't pay, so we're moving on. <laughs> it was actually Verit One or Veritone. I don't know. They didn't pay. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> So I can't blame DraftKings, but they're no. they're people. No, and uh, you certainly will see advertisers. And for those of you who are like me and fortunate enough to live in Michigan, every other ad on every other like internet website, television show that you watch, every every radio ad, unless unless they're talking about either mowing or fixing your man parts, is. Uh, is is sports gambling now? <laughs> like, get it online. I have seen JB Smooth way too freaking much. I like him. I'm sick of him. <laughs> I really, really liked him and like him in Curb Your Enthusiasm. But yeah, the Caesars. I've never seen that show. Halliburton looks great, but the other than that, those commercials are just just. Ugh, I hate him. All right, Halle Halliburton. Yeah. Oh. rings the bell yeah yeah great job in those commercials i mean I, I believe i believe she's cleopatra who is alive closer to now than the actual pyramids all right number one overall pick here we go who do you think the DraftKings? kings have? i bet trayvon walker is the favorite no he's second favorite at plus 190 aiden so- hutchinson at minus 200 Minus two. Wow. That's surprising <laughs> to me. That's that's very interesting. So so we talked about a little bit. I, I, did we do that on air? Was it before the show? Where we talked about like we both now are leaning more that it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson at one than we thought it was going to be. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, I, I still, again, don't ask me. I don't know. But if I had to bet, I would probably bet that Aiden Hutchinson would be number one now. Yep. And then when we land with that, does that mean Tibbs winds up number two for us? Ooh, because I'm going to guess that he doesn't have the next best. I'm going to bet that Trayvon Walker has. 
Oh, we lost some Riz here. Oh, okay. Well, Riz is out and he's coming back. I'm sure it's just an internet hiccup. Um, Trayvon Walker is number two as their overall potential pick. And Iquanu is number three with Tibbs number four, which is kind of crazy. There he is. Okay. So Riz, you're back. I got you. We got Walker number two. Iquanu is number three and Tibbs is number four. Now, why does this not wait? This doesn't make sense. The Lions wouldn't grab a Kwanwu. A Kwanwu. Oh God, I can't say his name. I'm, he's going to be my our warrior. I guarantee we pick him. I can't either. <laughs> it's an easy name, and we I know, keep watching it. I know. The, Tibbs is the guy. He passes a Kwanwu all day, right? I mean, I, I, I just don't see the Lions taking that. So this set of odds is specifically for the uh, the the, the uh, Jags at one. Yeah, but they have Walker. At plus one ninety and Tibbs at plus eighteen hundred, that's a huge break. So if they're going to take an edge and they're not going to take Hutchinson, right? They're taking Walker. That's huge. So now, yeah, now you, yeah. does that mean something to the Lions? Does that mean the Lions? And and you went to this earlier, Riz, about Trayvon Walker at two. Let's talk about that. I want you to talk about that because I just don't see it happening in my eyes. Do you see Trayvon Walker as a real potential? candidate i do two overall i absolutely do i i think his physical traits and uh, and i I put we talked about this in the patreon slack a little bit if you strip away the 4.5 sack game that kit that thibodeau had against ucla where he was playing against a tackle who quite literally could not use his right leg um and and like if you if you take that out walker actually has better overall production in terms of pass rush success in terms of quarterback hits in terms of tackles for loss he he has more than now now Thibodeau does have more sacks I think it was eight to five point five but like everything else like he's getting he's he's creating and instigating more pressure than what Thibodeau is outside of if you take that UCLA game out so if, if you're yelling about Walker's production you better look at Thibodeau's too, because take away that one game where he was playing again. He's playing against a guy who could not stand. He had to be helped to the sidelines after series. That's how bad it was. He got he got over a quarter of his college production in that game. Like take that out, and he's not putting up the numbers you think he is. Man, uh, so man. so I do, and I, and I think the Lions are very acutely aware of that little figure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and so you, then you get into the kind of the smokescreen thing and you talk about all the love that they've shown for Kayvon. Is that real? Is that something else? There's talk now. Uh, there's been a little more smoke about Willis. Is that trying to get a trade out of there? Because, you know, uh, boy, I don't know that anyone's trading for Willis. I, I, I don't know. But is that what they're trying? I don't I don't think anybody's trading up, period. But I also like I, I I can't imagine why why would you trade to two to get the quarterback when you know Houston's not taking one you know the Jets aren't taking one you're excuse me pretty darn sure that the Jets or the Giants aren't taking one why would you give up extra assets to move to two when you can go to five or four because all you have to do is be in front of Carolina Carolina's at six they're the first threat to take a quarterback right right so why would you go to two when you can go to five and give up uh, one less third round pick like it, it makes no sense to shoot for two now if you're going to two to get let's say you really want Trayvon Walker or let's say you re- like Aiden Hutchinson is somehow on the board and you really want Hutchinson then then that's when the Lions that's when the Lions come into play like okay because Houston 
needs pass rushers desperately. They desperately need secondary help. They also happen to desperately need offensive line. So if you're, if you're eyeballing one of those positions and you want to get and get your guy and make sure that the, the Jets and Texans don't steal it, that's where Detroit comes in. Quarterback is inconsequential for Detroit. It's it's just not not even as a smoke screen. There's no point to it. The 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 where you're what you're trying to do when you create a smoke screen is not you're trying to sell the illusion that you're taking it. You're hoping that the the picks that are below you are like oh. Oh man, the Tex- the Texans want that they want Evan Neal. Well, Evan Neal's our best tackle by that much, so we've got to go get Evan Neal. That means we got to go to two to get that. Exactly. Like the you're you're the, the whole concept of smoke screens is badly bastardized by the general population here. I, I don't think I think it's been first off, there are teams that just don't care. Like we're telling we're not worried about what other teams can do. We're not gonna try to manipulate. We're we're worried about what we're getting. We're worried about our guy. I don't care how it takes to get there. Um, one of the guys that you, Thomas Dimitrov was very much that guy. He didn't care what, what the outside world thought. He cared about what he wanted to do for the Atlanta Falcons. And that, that's it. Like, he wound up making some trades. That's how they traded up for Julio Jones. And, and I, by and large, that worked out pretty well for them. But it's like the, the, the concept that you're trying to sell your pick. That's not what you're trying to do. If you're, if you're Detroit, Nobody cares what you're doing. They care what Houston and the Jets and the Giants are doing. Like that, that, that's it. Yeah. Cause if, if you're sold on a guy, you're taking him. If you, if you're, if you're vacillating on that, he ain't your guy. <laughs> Brandon here nails it. Brandon. Um, sounds like KT would be more of a benefit for being a compliment to another DE already there, such as what San Fran and the Chargers have. Uh, right now, that is that is like you're right. I agree with that. That's exactly where he and and you know what? Somebody's going to get him in that kind of position, and he's going to be great. And we're going to spend years having that argument. Well, he's doing so well because he's not the only guy, right? I mean, that was that was that was Jadevian Clowney with JJ Watt, and then JJ Watt went away, and Clowney sucked, and then he got back last year with Miles Garrett on the other side, and all of a sudden Clowney's great again. That's Kayvon Thibodeau. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's so good, so good, 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 good. That's a that's a good point, Brandon. I like that. Good, good read. All right, um, back to Loretto. He talked about the 4K. Yes, we're trying to upgrade to 4K quality before the season. Um, get every one of poor, uh, Risen's pores on this screen. It gives us a lot more canvas to work with to do a lot more stuff with the uh, the screen as well. And uh, yeah, my beard's white. <laughs> we were calling to give Riz a facial. <laughs> Who doesn't want to do that? Um, we're doing it um, via the super chat because the folks that are listening on audio don't really care as much about the 4K. So that's, you know, that we, anything you do in the super chat, we're, we're focusing to try to get to that 4K upgrade. So everything you guys give there. Thank you so much. We appreciate for supporting us. I was asked, somebody said, I, I don't really get into the super chat. How can I do it? That the 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 uh, PayPal is probably the best way. Do it as friends and family, so you don't have to pay those bank fees. Um, it's Chris at DetroitLionsPodcast dot com is the uh, the address for our PayPal. If you want to do it that way, thank you guys all for and gals who are supporting us there. Um, also want to talk about we've got some killer player breakdowns coming ahead of the draft on YouTube. We got Edge coming, and this is between Thursday and uh, Tuesday's show. Um, Hutch Walker and Tibbs for Edge, we're going to cover, break them down. Safety, Brisker, Hill, and Scene are all going to get broken down, and wide receiver more, Tolbert and Robinson. It's great stuff. You guys are going to love what we got. So, there's three videos coming on the YouTube. Check those out. You'll love those. Also, going to be on with Micro Mike. 
Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Make sure you tune in for us uh, at that at Micro Mike. And Micro Mike's going to join us on Tuesday of next week. We're doing a seven-round li- seven Lions mock. And in that mock uh, with Micro Mike and Colin and Riz is going to pop in, we're going to go through and do the Lions picks and go in-depth as to why the Lions will pick those people, and we're going to sim out the rest. So it's really, really Lions-focused, where our last mock was focused more across all the teams in the first round through 34 to get a couple of those Lions picks in. So between now and the draft, and then, of course, draft day, we've got the live draft party going on on Thursday and Friday covering all first three rounds of the NFL draft. I will pop in when I can. Um, I don't have a lot of time during those days, but I will I will certainly try to contribute at least a little bit, especially after the 34 pick, because then we got a nice little break. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, So we got a lot going on. I mean, between for the next week and a half, really, you're just going to get buried in content from us. Check it out. Make sure you subscribe to the the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. Hit the like button on this. It helps other people find us as well. Really helps us with their crazy algorithm. They do. Riz, I know you have a hard stop right now. So if if you're good, I'm good. My daughter. All right, so, let's get so into we, this. Remember, out us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get access to the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet and our Slack chat for as little I as five, my mouth. As little as five dollars a month. Drinking water out. for once and I missed my mouth. Um, Loretto, for the last month, people yell about how Tib makes business decisions about his playing in college in the combine. Making business decisions over the team is not who the Lions are now. That's you're right. You're absolutely right, Loretto. I would agree with that. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, all right. So make sure to follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast. DET Lions Podcast. We're not going to spam you with the live tweet from the the thing you can you're watching on YouTube. <laughs> Don't worry about that. It's good quality fun. I'm sorry, I have to do it. <laughs> I literally have to do it. It's quality content, and a lot of time, it's a lot of fun. By too. the way, you you might want to watch the Twitter feeds around one uh, thirty tomorrow. Just saying. At DET Lions Podcast, DET Lions Podcast, and at Jeff Risden. At Jeff Risden at one thirty tomorrow. Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. You leave us a message, we'll get your message on the air. Everyone can hear you. It's a lot of fun when for us when you had a good bit to drink. Uh, be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so Riz can do what? What are you going to do, Riz? Uh, so I can come into your unencumbered ear holes automatically. For those of you who aren't watching, I'm not wearing headphones tonight because I'm the only one in my house. That's that's glorious. Look at this guy. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no more. No problems because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. We've got a big week. Can't wait to see you again. <laughs> Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.